here again. I'm excited once again to be sharing the Word of God with you as we continue looking at the series on the temple and the table. And today, we're going to start with the scripture at the end of Matthew, Matthew 28. And I'm going to start at verse 16. It says this, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Then Jesus said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So these words here, they're words of Jesus, and they're they're what we call the Great Commission. This is where Jesus has, it's after his resurrection, and he has commissioned us to go out to preach the gospel to all people, to go out and make his name known. But I just want to break it down a little bit first. So if we look at verse 17, it says this, When they saw him, They worshipped him. So it starts with worship. All starts with worship. And look, worship is always a good place to start. Um, If you are praising God, giving God and giving Jesus the honour and the glory, always a great place to start, great place to start praying. Um, Anytime you feel called to um, minister before God or called to do something in God, Great to worship Him. Great to establish the praise of God. So worship's a key thing um, to do. And after that, Jesus came to them and He spoke to them. And He starts by saying this, All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. So when we're serving Jesus, when we're making Jesus known, we're doing it under the, His authority. Um, and all authority has been given to him. It's, we're not serving a weak God. We are serving someone with all the authority, um, all the legal dominion on heaven and on earth. Man, that's powerful. We're powerful. Next, Jesus says this. He says, therefore go. You see, it's not a passive thing to go and share the gospel. It's not, um, you don't do it by just sitting on a seat or just reading your Bible. There's actually some steps we had to take. We have to go somewhere in order to make Jesus known. So yeah, therefore go. And the next thing he says is this, make disciples. Therefore, go and make disciples. Well, what's a disciple? Well, a disciple is somebody that follows in the ways of somebody else. So Jesus' disciples, once um, they followed him, they learned his ways. And then once Jesus ascended into heaven, they became Jesus' hands and feet on earth. And we're to do the same. We are to make Jesus known. We are to be Christ to the people we meet. We are to be Jesus' disciples. And what's more, we are to make 
other people. We are to make disciples so other people will also go and make Jesus known. You see, there's a limit to the number of people that I will meet in a week. There's a limit to the number of people that I can reach with the message of Jesus Christ. But hey, if I can... If I can disciple people, then they can also go out and meet people and greet them in the name of Jesus Christ and make their own See, that The whole thing multiplies when we make disciples. Um, it's not just one person. Um, it, it then becomes more than that, just reaching other people. So, yeah, there's an important multiplication process with making disciples. Um, you'll notice it doesn't say go and make people that will sit on a pew on Sundays. It doesn't say that. You know, so go and find people who will come into your building on a Sunday and they'll sit in the church and they'll take the church box and then they'll go back out into the world for the rest of the week like nothing ever happened. No, it says go and make disciples. So a disciple will be a disciple of Jesus on a Monday and a Tuesday and a Wednesday and a Thursday, Friday and a Saturday. It's not just a Sunday thing. Being a disciple of Jesus is something that we do every day. Hallelujah. And then Jesus ends with a promise. Oh, I love the promises of God. He says this, And surely I am with you to the very ends of the age. Oh, Jesus is with us. Oh, that's awesome. We don't have to worry about being alone. We don't have to worry about doing it in our own strength because Jesus is with us. Hallelujah. So now, if you're with a group of people, it's going to be a great place just to pause the video now and just think about this great commission, okay? Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Um, and think, how does that apply to the Temple and Table series that we're doing now? What does that look like in the Temple of Table? So just pause the video now and discuss amongst yourself how this Great Commission may fit into the Temple and Table. So I've titled this message, The Temple, the Table and the Great Commission. And we get our Temple and Table series, we get it from the end of Acts chapter 2, verse 40, starting at verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many signs and wonders performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give it to everyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. So we can see this great commission happening as the early believers met together at the temple and at the table. You see, as they met at the temple, now a little bit different to the meetings we have in our temple is that there would have been a lot of people at the temple, would have been very visible. 
Um, but others would see them worshipping. And the difference between the, the Christians that were worshipping and the others that are worshipping is that they, they were worshipping the risen Lord. They were worshipping Jesus Christ who had died and risen again. And I tell you what, it would have been noticed. And you know, people do notice us. Um, I remember the first time I went to church. Um, I was invited to church. I was searching all this new agey stuff and, and a friend of mine invited me to church. And, and look, I actually disagreed with the, the doctrine and all that at the time, which I, I, I now know is to be right. But but there was something about that. There was something about the worship in that church, the worship in, in the temple that just made me come back. There was something different about those people. And, and looking back, I know what it was. You see, in that new agey stuff, there's a whole lot of people who are looking for something. They're, they're all looking for something. And then you go to a church and you find a whole bunch of people that have found something. So look, and the same would have been for the early church. As they met in the temple, the other people there would have said, gosh, well, these people, they've found something. They've found the hope, the love that Jesus Christ has. So look, we can't neglect worshipping together corporately. Um, there's a real power in coming together and worshipping together in the temple, coming together in a large group to focus on Jesus. And I know at the moment we're quite limited to how big a large group can be. Uh, but look, these times will be changing. Um, but yeah, important that we continue to meet together in the temple. Okay. Um, but however, what about the table? You see, the table is a much more focused environment. There's, a, a, there's less people around. Um, it provides a level of interaction and discussion that's just simply not possible when you've got a large group of people meeting together um, at our temple service. You see, anyone can ask questions, um, you can clarify things. So it's easier to make disciples by having a uh, meeting together at the table. A uh, much easier, a uh, much more conducive place for making disciples than it is for people just coming together um, at a church service. And you see, oh, but why do we need to do this? Well, I'm going to read from you now Ephesians 2 verse 8 to 10 and it says this and and to be honest we, we don't actually need to do anything because it says this it's for grace you have been saved so it starts by Ephesians 2 verse 8 says it's by grace we can face so in actual fact it's all about what Jesus has done it's it's nothing that we've done it's what Jesus has done is why we have been saved oh that's hallelujah oh, I'm, I'm off the hook now I don't have to do the Great Commission because it's, it's all about Jesus. It's not about me. Well, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to keep on reading because if we read a little bit more in Ephesians, um, you find out there's, there's, there's more. Okay. Ephesians 2 ace. It is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not for yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Jesus Christ to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Ooh, so there's good works for us to do. 
So we're not off the hook. Yes, no, we don't need to do anything to earn the favor, to earn the salvation of God. That is a free gift from God. But if we want to live the full to the fullness of the life that Jesus Christ is calling us into, there are good works that he has prepared in advance for us to do. And, and, it's, and there's a reason that um, Paul, when he writes this, says it's by grace we're faith, because it's too easy to fall into the trap. Oh, we're doing all these things for Jesus. Oh, Jesus must, he must favor us greatly. You know, we're earning it. It's too easy to get into that mindset that we're, we're earning favor of God. We're not. It's by grace. Saying that he wants his name known. He wants other people to come to him. And they're only going to do that if they see his hands and feet. If he sees people of his church going out and being Jesus' hands and feet. So there are good works prepared in advance for you, you to do. Okay, and what are those, those good works? Well, let's look a couple of chapters over in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4, um, verse 11 says this, And he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. You see, there's all sorts of different gifts that God has given out there. And um, when we think of going out to, to preach the gospel, we, we think about the evangelist. But you know what? It doesn't say that everyone's an evangelist. It says some are called to be evangelists. Now, if you're called to be an evangelist, it's going to be natural to just want to talk about Jesus and, and, and to bring Jesus up into every conversation. And, um, and they just love telling people about the gospel. Um, but if you're not an evangelist, well, does that mean that, oh, I'm not called to be an evangelist? That, that gets me off the hook. Well, no. No, you see, we're all called to share the love of Jesus. We're all called to bring Jesus' glory into this earth. There's just different ways of doing it. Um, and the way that we do that can look different. So I think this is another good place maybe just to, to pause the video again and then just discuss amongst yourself what are the giftings that God has given you. And look, God gives us gifts and it's not just one gift. Oh, I'm a teacher, therefore I don't do anything else. No, God loves to put his gifts, loves to input his gifts into people. But there will be things that you are stronger at um, than others. Like my wife, Deborah, she's very pastoral. But that doesn't mean to say she can't do other things. And so, look, there's lots of gifts out there. So just pause the video for a bit and discuss what, what are the things that I'm good at? What are the things God's gifted me to be good at doing? So we all have different giftings. Um, we all are called to share the, the love of Jesus, but we're all called to do it in different ways. Now, there's a, there's a great quote, which I'm sure you heard, which is attributed to St. Francis of Assisi. And it says this, preach the gospel at all times. Use words if necessary. Famous, famous quote that he never ever said. No, he didn't say it. 
Um, at best, it's a very, very bad paraphrasing of something he wrote. Uh, but he never said, preach the gospel at all times, use words if necessary. You see, sharing the gospel actually requires words. You see, we can go out and we can serve people, but unless we're doing it in the name of Jesus, unless we're communicating that we're doing it um, for Jesus Christ and as part of what he's called us to do, well, we're, we're simply doing good deeds, aren't we? So, yes, so if you ever hear that phrase again, for well, actually... You'll now know that he never said it um, because words are necessary. And look, you don't need to be an evangelist if it's not what you're called to do, but you do need to communicate that you are loving people and you're doing it because of the way that Jesus has loved you first and how other members of the church have loved you first. And, and just to show you that words are necessary, let's read Romans. Romans chapter 10 says this, How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear unless someone, without someone preaching to them? So yeah, words are necessary. But look, you need to love people. And look, if you're preaching the gospel to them, but you don't love them, well, that's also going to show. It's also going to be ineffective as well, because you need the word, but you need to go in the love that Jesus has come. You need to love the people that you are serving. So we're called to this great commission to go and preach the gospel to all nations. And, and how does that fit once again into the temple and table? Well, at a temple level, we are part of Zion Church. And Zion Church is known for being active in the community. Um, we are noticed by the community. Um, as a church, we, we provide counselling to Kids at school are, are services such as is desperately needed and, and, and that we actually can't supply as many counsellors as are needed to go in. Because, look, times are tough out there. I don't know if you've noticed, but it's, it's really tough for people are needing that help. But that's one thing that we're doing. Okay, We have Shine for Girls. Um, we've had... COVID sort of put a pay to it for a couple of years, but we've had Tria, Tria Wamutu in the past. It's a, an event where we see thousands of people come and just appreciate what Christmas is and uh, appreciate some great Christmas trees, but it's a way we can communicate that Jesus came and, and Christmas. So that's another thing that our church is known for. And we're also very active in overseas missions with uh, uh, Indonesia being our primary focus. So as a temple, um, as a collective body, we are able to do so much more when it comes to preaching the gospel at that, at that broad level than, um, say, an individual would be able to or a table group would be able to do. But, you know, it's almost too easy, though. Oh, I go to Zion Church. And, and they do missions. Look, tick, I've, I've ticked the box. I've ticked the missions box because I've ticked the Great Commission because I go to a church where they do missions and, and therefore, therefore I don't need to. Well, no, 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 again. You see, this Great Commission, that applies at every level. It applies to you as an individual. As an individual, as we walk through our week, as we, we need to be 
focused outward. We need to be focused on loving people. We need to be, as it says in 1 Corinthians 2.15, for we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ amongst those who are being saved and those who are being perishing. So at an individual level, as we meet people throughout our week, we are to be that aroma of Christ. We are to people, we are to be outward focused on serving others. So I've discussed this Great Commission at the temple level, at the Zion Church level, and I've discussed it also at the individual level. But what about the table? What does the Great Commission look like um, as far as table meetings go? And look, I think here's another great place to pause so you can discuss amongst the people you're watching this video with, well, what what could um, the Great Commission look like at the table level? So what did you come up with? What sort of things could a table group do in order to be outwardly focused, in order to be mission focused, in order to fulfill a great commission that Jesus has given to us? I, I have some thoughts on this, and I'm just thinking that like a table group allows for a much more focused outreach um, on something that maybe that God's put on your heart. Um, but you know, it's, it's hard to do in a big church group. But maybe if you gather people like-minded around you in your table group, you can focus on one area. And it could be praying for your community. It could be praying for people on your street or people that you don't know. So that could be part of your mission. In fact. Prayer is always, always part of the Great Commission. Praying for the people that you are trying to reach. Really, really important key. Um, you need to begin everything with worship and with prayer. So whatever you decide to do, you need to pray into it first. Pray that the people would be have open hearts and open minds to receive that what God is giving them through you. So it could be praying. It could be like going into a school and, and serving that local school or, or going into a rest home and bringing the gospel to people in the rest home. These are all things that um, table groups and other churches have done and, and we could do in ours. Okay. If overseas missions is something that's really on your heart, well, contact the church and we can connect you with mission partners. So you can get their updates, you can pray for them, and you can be in communication with them um, as, a, as a table group. Um, or it could be that you help drive some of the outreaches um, that this church does. We have Tria Wamutu. Um, you could be involved and help as a, as a connect group to help drive that and to help make sure that's a, a successful event. Um, there's things like Shine or we're wanting to, to raise the same thing up but focused on boys. So there's, there's plenty of scope. Um, to bring the gospel, to, to communicate the love of Jesus as a group of, of people. And look, what does a church involve? Well, we talked about church as being somewhere where we study the word, somewhere where we worship, 
somewhere where there's fellowship and also somewhere that where there's mission as well. And as a temple group, we like to incorporate that as our temple services. We like to incorporate all those things. But we also believe that as a table gathering, we should be also focused on teaching, also focused on worship and fellowship and and mission in order to fulfill the great commission that Jesus Christ gave us. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, and surely I am with you to the very end of the age. And finally, as we are talking about mission um, today, just want to talk to you about the week of blessing um, in Te Awamutu. Um, so that is this coming week. And this year, it's very much focused on praying for various aspects of our community. And in each each day, we've got different things to pray for, to focus on prayer. Um, because of COVID, we're not wanting to meet as a large group gathering as we have done in previous years, but we're still wanting to bless our community. So every day, there's a focus on different aspects to pray for and within our community and look we'll put a link to the website so you can look at it more or you can search for um, the day of blessing facebook page um, and just encourage you to do that thank you so much for listening um, i just want to pray for you now. Lord, I thank you for everyone who's listening in or watching this. I pray your every blessing upon them. I pray that they would know the calling that you have on their life, Lord, that you would help them go out and fulfill the great commission. I pray that you would gather people around them, Lord, that would help them to do that. I pray your every blessing over them, that they would know your presence right now and your peace upon their life right now. And Jesus' mighty and wonderful name. Amen. Thank you so much. Please, if you want to know more, please comment down below or send a private message to the church. Thank you very much. I'm Phil Brown from Zion Church.